Good morning, everyone. Hear the word of God, would you, from Revelation chapter 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride before her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. Would you stand with us as we worship this holy God together today?
God, we add our words to saints from, from old, Moses, Elijah, Isaiah, Jeremiah, the apostles, those who said, God, we want to know you. We want to have our hearts beat with the things that cause your heart to beat. Show us your glory, God. We say that with fear. We say that with trembling. Because we know that we have limited capacity to grasp. But God, we believe that as you do that, as you reveal yourself, we'll find out who we really are. We'll find out our meaning and purpose. We'll begin to make sense of the, of the events that are going on around us. And God, you will be lifted up. Lord, we, we praise you and we worship you. We ask that you be glorified in everything we say and do here. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Now, please be seated if you would. Well, welcome, everybody. It's so good to see you. Let me come down here out of the speakers if I could. Such a privilege, such a privilege to worship together. Some are with us today who haven't been with us for a while, and we are blessed and honored to have you in our midst. Many of you are watching online, and, and we just count you a part of our extended family, and we just pray God's richest blessing on you and your family as you worship with us virtually today. I wonder if all of you, whether you're here in person or online, would do me a favor if you would text your name to area code 812-457-9509. If you would text your name to that, that would be so helpful for us as we seek to understand what's going on in your life, as we seek to lift you up in prayer. If there's some way that we can serve you, if there's something going on in your life and there's significant things going on, amen, if something's going on in your life, we would love to know that. Now, don't, don't hesitate to message us with that, and, uh, and we will pick that up on our church phone today and, and respond to your needs the best that we possibly can. While you're doing that, um, we just say a couple of things going on in the life of our congregation here. Uh, our hearts broke, as, as we said goodbye yet again to another one of our members um, Mary McGowan uh, at Protestant Home passed away a couple of days ago, and, um, and oh my goodness, what um, a sweet, sweet sister in Christ. Many of you remember her at the front desk for years, at the front desk of all of that, warmly greeting those who came. My own family is very uh, blessed by her. Uh, Chelsea, who was watching online, um, learned how to, how to crochet from Mary McGowan. And, and so uh, we take comfort in the fact that she who trusted in the Lord, her Savior, is now with her Savior. Today, Jesus said, you'll be with me in paradise. And then our prayers just extend to her extended family, both, both literal family, but also her church family who are grieving her loss. I didn't have a chance to check this morning. The plan was to have a service this Friday Graveside, I'm not sure, honestly, whether that's going to be an open service or just one for the family, but check on the on a line or in the newspaper, and they'll have more information for you. I wanted to say, too, that, um, that there are many opportunities in the course of the week, I can think of five right off the top of my head, for you to engage with other followers of Jesus. Some of them are men-only studies or women-only studies, many of them like two happening immediately after our worship service are mixed studies where you can come and go deeper in God's word. I'm overwhelmed as we uh, begin our study of Revelation. Um, I'm overwhelmed by the magnitude of the task. And my comfort is that any things that we're not able to cover together while we're worshiping, um, you'll be able to go deeper in your private Bible study. You'll be able to go deeper with your small groups. So please take advantage of that and join your sisters and brothers uh, together right now, many of them are meeting online. Uh, some of them are meeting in person. Join them and go deeper in God's word. And just, uh, just a, a word of excitement. Thank you so much, those of you who blessed our city by, uh, by helping to feed the poor. Uh, last week, uh, we're so grateful uh, for the privilege, even in the midst of the challenges we face, of continuing to be the hands and feet of Jesus. But uh, our outreach team, our Impacting the World team, uh, is, is especially interested in reaching out to their, this neighborhood around us and, and so have uh, put together uh, uh, an outreach for Halloween evening. Uh, 
a drive-through, get-to-know-our-neighbors kind of opportunity. If you are comfortable, we would love to have your help. You can contact Carol Fair, one of our elders, Carol Fair, who uh, will help you understand how you can help out, if, even if you can't, uh, but can donate um, things for the goodie bags that we'll be passing, uh, passing out. Uh, there's just lots of ways for you to participate. So we are so excited. We're teaming up with our sister church here, Oak Hill Bible Fellowship, and, and seeking to, to minister to our neighbors uh, on Halloween evening, uh, October 31st. Well, we have, uh, we've embarked on an amazing journey together. We have uh, committed ourselves to studying over the course of the coming year uh, the book of Revelation. And I don't know about you, uh, but, but um, Revelation can be an incredibly intimidating uh, book. I think that's why many of us have not spent much time in them. But I think you're going to find also that it's a powerful, powerful message for us today. And so I want to invite you to risk for a moment just allowing yourself to come into the presence of the Lord. The Apostle John, at the introduction of the book of Revelation, said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. In other words, I had fully prepared my heart, and I was in tune with the Holy Spirit. And out of that being in tune, he saw an incredible vision of the Lord. He had an experience of the presence of Jesus. So take a moment, would you? I know that, that your heart and your mind are swirling with all your responsibilities. Take a moment and, and lay those aside, would you? Just allow the presence of the Lord to fill this place. Let's do that together. I see the Lord seated on the throne, exalted in the train of Yeah. 
pray with me, would you? God, what a privilege it is to add our voices to myriad saints and angels who, who surround your throne and who declare what they know to be true, who cry out, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. God, thank you that in your perfection, in your beauty, in your holiness, you never abandoned us. You never, never left behind those who weren't holy, who weren't necessarily beautiful, who, who weren't perfection. Now, in love, you made a way for us to experience your presence. God, I thank you for Jesus Christ. I thank you that, that he set apart his glory and became flesh and walked among us. I thank you that, that he taught us how to live. I thank you that having lived a perfect life, he taught us how to live sacrificially and to offer ourselves. And he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. Well, Lord, I have to confess that I, I don't feel righteous. This, even this, is a step of faith to believe that Christ was enough, to believe that the love that he poured out on the cross was enough to cover, to even remove my sin. And God, I'm guessing that my sisters and my brothers are just like me. Oh, grant us, would you, God, right now, whether we're here in this room or watching online, God, grant us right now the mustard seed of faith, that little bitty bit of faith to believe that your word is true, that Christ is enough. And then God, having cleansed ourselves by that very act of faith in what Christ has done, God, to lift up our faces gaze on your beauty and to add our voice to myriad angels and say, you are worthy, God. You are worthy of receiving glory and honor and power and dominion. Oh, God, thank you. Thank you for drawing us together to this place in, in the beauty that is two or more gathered in Jesus' name in, in the sweet fellowship of, of your Holy Spirit, God, would you grant that we would have eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts that are open and hands that will respond in love to all that you said. And God, we just rejoice. We rejoice that you are sovereign over creation. We rejoice that the battle has already been won we rejoice that we know the end. We know the truth. And God, we put our faith in you. We ask this all in the precious name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our scripture today comes from uh, the word of God from Revelation chapter one. I just invite you, if you would, to join me there. Turn over to Revelation chapter 1, and let's open our hearts and our minds to God's word together. Can we do that? Beginning in verse 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his servants the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. 
And blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming on the clouds. Excuse me. He is coming with the clouds and every I will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the tribes of earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom, and the patient endurance that are in Jesus was on the island called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. And I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus and to Smyrna and to Pergamum and to Thyatira and to Sardis, and to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me, and on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and a golden sash around his chest. And the hairs of his head were white like wool, like snow. And his eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze refined in the furnace. And his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. And his face was like the sun shining in full strength. When I saw him, I, I fell at his feet as though dead but he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last and the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. Write, therefore, the things that you have seen, those that are and those that are to take place after this. As for the mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand, Jesus said, and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches, the very word of God. Thanks be to God.
Would you open up your Bibles and your phones, whatever you're using to access the Word of God, back to Revelation chapter 1. Let's, let's take a few moments. I, I again confess that, well, no one is worthy, are we, to open the Word of God. We don't do this because we're worthy. We do this because of the one whom the Word of God speaks. We do this of the one who is worthy, Jesus Christ. And as we open this book of Revelation, we're going to see Jesus in ways... I believe that we have never seen him before. So I invite you to open your heart and your mind. Oh God, even now, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts would be an acceptable offering in your sight. Oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Well, why... why study the book of Revelation. To give you kind of an outline of where I'm going to go this morning, I want to ask that question. Why study the book of Revelation? I want to ask the question, what does Jesus do for us through this book, right? I'm going to ask the question, what do, does Jesus deserve from us as a result? We're going to ask this question, at least open the door on this question, what will happen in the future? I'm going to ask the question, what what does Jesus command us to do in the present? And I believe that as we join with, with 2,000 years of men and women who have sought to know Jesus better through this gift of the book of Revelation, that we, too, will grow in our love for him. But why study? Let's begin there. Why study the book of Revelation? What, what is a, our motivation? What would be an acceptable motivation I have to tell you that I'm a little bit um, teased. I mean, I, like you, want to kind of know what's going to happen, right? I kind of like to know the playbook. I like to know uh, what events are going to come and what sequence of events. And honestly, like many uh, in our culture and many over the last 2,000 years, I'd like to know when, okay? Because I'm not sure it's not a part of my sinful nature, right? I, I, I want to know when so that at the last minute I can get my act together, right, and somehow be worthy of this. And, and I have to confess that, that um, as I've opened God's word, I found out that, um, that that's not my privilege necessarily. That's not my privilege. I'd like to, to entertain my, 
my desire to know sequences of events, but God is interested in something so much more. He's interested in a personal relationship with us. He wants us to know him, and, and that's why I'm so excited about studying this book with you, because I think that we're going to go deep in our understanding of who he is. So, so is there a motivation from Scripture that is, that is worthy of, of our attention, that's worthy of drawing us to this book? I, I really believe so right here in the passage that we're studying today. I apologize. That was an incredibly long passage. And as always, my motivation is to salt your thirst. My motivation is to make you hungry for more. I would enjoy nothing more than your running home and opening up this book and immersing yourself. Several of us are in a Bible study that works in advance of Sunday morning. And, and oh my goodness, such treasure. So my great desire is that, that at, as a result of our opening God's word today, that it would draw you deep into God's word. But as, as I looked at this passage and as I thought about my own motivation, there are several that come to mind as a result. First of all, we join an astounding chain of trust. Pardon the awkward way I put that, but there, there is a sequence of events recorded for us here that invites us into it, right? The revelation of Jesus Christ. Now watch this. Which God... God the Father gave Jesus to show his servants the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to the servant to his servant John who bore witness of, and gave testimony to Jesus Christ to the churches in Asia. Do you see that? The sequence of it's God the Father, God the Son an angel that brings this message to John, who then passes it on to the church. I'm going to belay going deep into the seven churches of Asia because we're going to have a chance to do that together. But, but they, they represent us. We are a part of that chain. And the invitation of God, so our motivation is to, to step up and step into that call to receive and then to pass on the unveiling, the revelation, the apocalypse, if you would. I rarely use that term because I've been, I've been clouded by zombie apocalypses, right? And so it's much more helpful for me to just think about um, unveiling. God is inviting us into this beautiful chain of sequence of people who are unveiling Jesus Christ to the world. Wow. So we, we, our motivation is that we join this astounding chain of trust. But, but there is a powerful word in here. There is a blessing for those who do this. Did you hear it as I was reading earlier? There's a blessing for those who read aloud the words. And I invite you as you, as you go home to take a portion of this, maybe not the whole chapter, uh, first chapter of Revelation, but maybe just the first eight verses and read them aloud to your family. Read them aloud to your spouse. If all you've got is a puppy sitting on the chair with you, read them aloud. There's a blessing that comes from prophesying or foretelling the word of God. And that blessing can be yours. And I love this. There's also a blessing for those who hear. I was sharing with some of my brothers earlier this week. I had read this passage aloud but then as I heard it again, uh, there was a whole other blessing for me. I heard things that I didn't experience when I was actually reading it. And, and Jesus said, blessed are those who read aloud the words, but also blessed are those who hear the words, right? And blessed are those who keep what is written in this word. In other words, who observe or, or even obey the word of God. Word of God changes us, amen? Anybody out there? Amen? Yeah. It changes us. So there's a blessing for us as we enter this. But there's another powerful motivation, and, and I'm going to touch it here, and then we'll explore it the whole study of the book of Revelation over the coming year. 
But there's another truth here, and, and, and we're told right here in Revelation chapter 1, the time is near. And he's using, now not the chronos, he's using the word kairos, the, that God moment when everything comes to fulfillment is near. And, and it's so tempting to translate that into chronos. Was it, is it, I mean, there are people that are saying next year is the, is the year that the coming of the Lord, they've been doing that for 2,000 years. I want you to understand that, yes, there will come a time when, when Kairos invades Kronos, when, when God's perfect purposes come into our world. But, but there's another dimension of this, and that is that that time is near right now. When Jesus was walking on earth, he said the kingdom of heaven is near, right? In other words, it's accessible right now. This is, thank oh, this should have gone. This is our worship team led us into the presence of the Lord uh, just a few moments ago, and I just felt myself on the edge of that. Um, God invites us into that kingdom now. But there's another motivation, and I can't help but think that this might be where we are today. And that is because, in a real sense, you and I are like the Apostle John. See, this is probably around, I'm going to do a lot of history real fast here. This is probably around... A.D. Um, 90 or so. So John, who might have been somewhere between 15 and 20 years of age when, when Jesus uh, actually was, was, when he followed Jesus, he's, he's in, up in age now, right? And, and every single one, if tradition is correct, every single one of the people that he followed Jesus with has been martyred for their faith. And he himself has been exiled He's been, he's been put on this little island about 40 or 50 miles off the coast of Greece. Uh, he, I would like to think that he could see the coast of Greece, but I think that's too far for even be able to see the land on the other side. And though he's only 40 or 50 miles away from his beloved Ephesus, uh, it, it, it could have been 10,000 miles as far as he was concerned. He's, because of the testimony of Jesus... He, the last of these apostles, has been exiled. And I'm, and I'm wondering, somehow my heart just broke for Mary this last week, right? Because for the last seven months of her life, she was in exile, right? Well, she was in a nursing home. There were staff there. There were people there to love and care for her, but, but her family couldn't be with her, right? Her church family couldn't visit her, she was, she was isolated from those that she loved. And, and I just want to suggest to you that, that in many ways we are in that situation. I'm not trying to make too much of this, but, but many of us, like John, are physical exiles far from those that we love. Right? Some of us, like those who are isolated by COVID, are emotional exiles. Right? Might be close in proximity. Oh, I get together every week with my extended nuclear family, um, most of them in, in the West Coast, right? But, but it's not the same. And we have not been with my parents, you know, for seven months. We can connect with them, and I'm so grateful for all those tools, but it's different, isn't it? It's different right now. And many right now just feel far from those that they love. But all of us, whether we're physical or emotional exiles or spiritual exiles, I say this a little bit with fear and trembling because we're not yet home, right? This world is not our home. And, and herein lies an important reason for us to study this book. I'm going to grossly oversimplify it this. But there's two powerful, powerful reasons to study this book. One is that if we're suffering, if we're being persecuted, and, and beloved, that's part and partial of following Jesus in a world that does not know him. If, if we're suffering physically, emotionally, or spiritually, these are powerful words of comfort to us. So for those who are, are suffering, oh, these are this is manna in the wilderness. This is salve to our wounds. This is, this is a gift of God to those of us in that situation. 
But in that very same vein, for those of us who have grown comfortable with this world, for those of us who have found a way to navigate in, in a world that does not know Jesus, for those of us who face those profound temptations to adjust our lives according to the world rather than according to God's word, it's a, it's a powerful word of rebuke. Amazing word of comfort. Remember when I first came 26 years ago, I shared with you uh, oversimplification. My job is to comfort the afflicted. And I've been so privileged to walk with you and, and, to, um, and to love and to care for those who are hurting. But my job is also to afflict the comfortable. If we're getting too comfortable in this world, this world is not our home. This, this world is going to be rolled up like a scroll. This world will not last. And if we find ourselves being too comfortable in this world, then Revelation is going to speak powerfully to us. I just pray that we have the humility and the openness of heart to be able to receive that word. Well, we started already. Thank you. I'm looking for Chad. There he is back there. Uh, thank you so much for bringing God's word to us last week. Right? We saw that. There was amazing words of comfort to, to, the, to the church at Ephesus, right? Um, they were doing so many things well, and, and Jesus was quick to bring that to their attention. But, but he says, I have this against you. You've forgotten your first love. And, and Jesus, through Chad and his word last week, challenged us to go back to the way things were at the beginning when we first fell in love with Jesus, right? When we first gave our heart to him. Do those things that you did then, he challenged us. So I invite you, let the Holy Spirit search your heart. Have you grown too comfortable in a world that does not know him? Have you put your trust in earthly things for your salvation rather than, than the one who gave his life for you? Those are powerful, powerful motivations for reading Revelations. But in this first chapter, we also learn several things. First, what, what does Jesus do for us in exile? And even here in this first words of introduction, where, where John cannot help but break into song in the midst of it, right? He says, Jesus, together with God the Father and the Holy Spirit, the seven spirits before the throne, gives us grace. Oh, thank you, Jesus. In other words, it says, not hold against us our sins, right? And he gives us peace. Anyone need peace? Can I get a witness? Anybody need peace in these days? Jesus, through John, says grace and peace to you. But he goes much further. He basically proclaims the gospel right here in Revelation chapter 1. He says he loves us. And I'm always tempted to just stop right there whenever we do that because I think one of our greatest struggles as, as modern men and women, is to believe that God loves us, and he proclaims it right up here. He loves you. Deal with it. Deal with, but, but you don't understand. Yes, I do understand. And more importantly, God understands, and he still loves you. Revel in that love. You are his precious child, and he loves you, right? But he continues, he has freed us from our sin by his blood. Hear the gospel in this, right? Jesus Christ has given his life in place of ours, and, and we are freed from our sin. So stop living like you're a slave to sin. Oh, you still sin? I know that you do. This, this last battle is going to rage until that day, and we're going to study it together when Jesus comes again. But you don't have to sin any longer. You have been freed from it. Receive the forgiveness that is yours in Jesus Christ, and then stand up, courageously stand up, and say, I'm going to live in light of my forgiveness. He gives us grace and peace. He loves us. He frees us from our sin, but he also forms us 
into a kingdom. Yeah, we here in this room and those of you online, we are the first fruits of the kingdom of God on earth, right? It's going to come in glory one day, and we'll study that. We'll learn how that's going to happen. But, but we don't have to wait till that day. We are the presence of the kingdom. He has made us his kingdom right here. And so to the extent that we live into who we already are, the kingdom of God has come, and it's come in you. And then he says also, he not only makes us a kingdom, but he makes us, and he uses the word priests. Don't let your mind just go to all those images you have of priests. No, a priest is simply an intercessor, one who stands in the gap between God and the people of this world. He has made you a priest, an intercessor for the world around you before the throne of God. And and know this, lest you be overwhelmed by that, that there is one who is interceding right now at the right hand of God the Father for you, for you, right? Jesus Christ has entrusted this task to us, and he's seated at the right hand of God the Father, interceding for you, even as you intercede for a world that does not know Jesus Christ. So Jesus grants us grace and peace. He loves us. He frees us from our sin. He makes us the first fruits of the kingdom of God. And he charges us to intercede for those still in exile. What does Jesus deserve from us? Revelation chapter 1 is really clear. He deserves glory. And I know that's overwhelming to think that something you could do would give glory to Jesus, but it is true, beloved. When when you worship, genuinely worship, and again, thank you, worship team, for helping us to do that, for, for helping us slip into that place. When you genuinely give glory to God, when you worship him, you honor Jesus. He deserves glory, but he also deserves dominion, right? Dominion, and that's a a harder word here. He deserves submission. But but I don't understand, and I'm slow to give my allegiance to something that I don't understand. I, I get that completely. I am exactly like you. That's what faith is. If you believe that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit have entrusted this to you, then then you've got to let go and simply trust him. And when he says something, do it. Do it. Again, I'm so grateful for the tools that we have at our disposal, the soap study to go deep in God's word, the, the discovery Bible studies where we ask that hard question, if you believe this word to be true, what would you need to do in response? And that's not just a rhetorical question. It's a literal question. If you have received the word of God, then it's important to say, what am I going to do as a response? And if you're like me, that you have become culturally conditioned to not responding, right? To not responding in obedience. Jesus paints all kinds of pictures of how dangerous that is to not respond to the word of God. He deserves glory. He deserves dominion. But I love this. We saw this last week in in Ephesus. We saw it twice. Chad brought that out. Uh, he, He deserves patient endurance. Somewhere along the line, and I don't know if it's from the prosperity gospel or from where, but we picked up this notion that if you follow Jesus, then everything's just going to work out well. How has that worked for you, right? I look around the room, and I see precious saints who've gone through so much, some of you very recently, right? Um, You've gone through so much. Jesus deserves patient endurance. He's not done yet, right? He's still at work. And, and if you had to make your evaluation on whether he is worthy of following based on what you've seen so far, then you might be tempted to say, no, nope, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll the dice and, and try and find my own way. Followers of Jesus, God knows your every need. And if he entrusts 
suffering to you. That suffering has a purpose. Amen? If he entrusts tears to you, that those tears have meaning and purpose, right? Hold on. Be patient. Endure. Endure. We'll fully develop these throughout our, our study of the book of Revelation. But let's ask ourselves, that tempting question is just lingering out there, right? What will happen in the future? Pastor David, in, in a couple of minutes here, can you kind of just summarize what will happen in the future? I want you to know, God says it twice in this first chapter, he who was and who is and who is to come is speaking, right? God understands completely what will happen in the future. But that's not the question for us to ask. When, when the disciples first asked that of Jesus after he rose from the dead, he said, it's not for you to know those things. Let me ask a different question instead. Let me ask what is happening now? What is happening now? And, and Revelation chapter 1 says these things. What's happening right now is that he is coming. He is coming. He is on his way, right? And he's coming and that's why I corrected myself earlier, not on the clouds, as your mental image probably is, but with the cloud. What is that cloud? It's the same cloud that we sang about earlier from Isaiah, that Isaiah encountered in the temple, right? The whole earth was filled with his glory. It's the same cloud that led the people of God by day and the fire by night. It's the cloud of the glorious presence of God. And Jesus is right now, Jesus is coming. And, and what I do know, and this is very um, personal for me because of um, my own family um, who have, have chased after other, other false truths, right? When he comes, every eye will see him, we're told. So, so never do you have to worry about whether he's come or not, right? We tease each other sometimes. I'll come into the office and all the lights will be on, the doors are open, and there's nobody there. And that little flash goes through. Does that ever happen to you? Uh, Jesus, did you come, right? Don't worry. Don't worry. When he comes, every eye will see him. Now, here's, here's a powerful truth, right? Worship team, come on up if you would. Here's a powerful truth right here. When he comes, Every tribe, in other words, every nation, every family group, every people group will mourn, will grieve. The, the word is even stronger than that. Will wail, will wail, right? And this is such a powerful motivation for me. Think about people that you know, that people that you love that do not know Jesus. Picture them wailing, right, in grief. Why are they grieving? Because the Lord has come and they were not ready. They're like the virgins, right, who, who went to the 7-Eleven to get more oil while, while the, the bridegroom came and the door was shut and they were forever locked out of that. Do, is that not a powerful motivation for us? There are people that we know, people that we rub shoulders with every day who will not be with us in eternity unless, unless we will hear Jesus' invitation. So what does he command us to do? First of all, he just, he just knows us and he says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. John fell to the ground. When we encountered the glory of the Lord, he just fell to the ground, Right? And, 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 and had to be lifted up, right? And he trembled. He was so afraid. And the angel says, don't be afraid, right? He is God. He is the first and the last. And by the way, what happened right here was that Jesus uh, was equated with God the Father. And that mystery of the Trinity, Jesus now is saying, I am the first and the last, the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega. He is God. He is alive, 
and he has broken the power of death over us, right? The ultimate enemy. And he holds the keys to life and death, to heaven and hell in his hand. Don't be afraid. God, Kathy, how many times have we said this? God has got this, right? God has got this. But witness to what you know to be true. That's what John is doing for us right here. He's just witnessing that that which he's seen, that which he's heard, that which he has understood to be true. Beloved, that's our task as well. Witness to what you know to be true. You can say that you believe something to be true, but if you never speak it or, or you never let it reflect in, in your life, do you really believe it? Or are you just fooling yourself, right? If it never causes a change in you, do you really believe it? Don't be afraid. Witness to what you know to be true. And I'm going to end where we began. Walk in the Spirit. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, John said. I was in tune spiritually. And God revealed himself to me. I don't know when you first came here today. I know you were looking forward, as I was too, a joy to seeing one another. In these special days, I just so enjoy being with you. I don't know what you expected when you came here today. But did you really expect God to reveal himself to you today? Did you expect to have your life changed? Did you expect to have a need to respond as a result. Well, none of us know the day or the hour when Jesus will come again. We do know this, that the time is near. And we have to live in such a way that if he were to come in the next hour, we would be ready. Are you ready, beloved? Are you ready? Oh, it break my heart. It break my heart to, to be rejoicing in the wedding feast of the Lamb and to not see you there. Are you ready? Trust in Jesus Christ. Revelation 1 is an encouragement to us, not a threat. It's an encouragement to feel his affection and his love. It's encouragement to experience his freedom, his liberation, right? It's encouragement to realize our position with him. We are his beloved children. It's encouragement to worship recklessly the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And it's an encouragement to live with anticipation, childlike anticipation of the coming the Lord Jesus Christ. Pray with me, would you? Oh God, thank you so much for the saints who've gone before us. Thank you for revealing yourself to them, God, because of their simple act of faith in, in trusting, God, that what you said was true. You opened up the heavens and revealed your glory. You revealed to them your holiness. You revealed to them your love. Oh, God, would you do it again? Would you grant that, that we, many of us who have walked with you for four decades or more, God, would like a child be able to receive again this sweet invitation to revel in your love, to witness to what we know to be true, to bring glory and honor and praise to you. We trust you, Jesus. Declare your glory. We open our hearts to your love. What heart could hold the weight of your love and know the heights of your great work? What eyes could look on your glory?
you to remain standing after we uh, give a benediction and Carol will release you row by row beginning with those in the back. Thank you so much for being here. Those of you online, you're part of our family. We love you and are here for you. If there's some way that we can serve you. I just invite you to drink deep in these days of the word of God. I invite you to drink deep in these days the presence of God. I invite you to witness to what you know to be true. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God our Father, the fellowship and communion of His Holy Spirit be with you now and forever. Amen. We're dismissed. You are holy, holy, holy. Jesus!